Welcome to the Anne-Marie Waltz Show. She will help to inspire you with all things about internet marketing, makeovers, and motivation. She will teach you how to focus on living a better quality life and also help you learn how to earn better by using the internet as a tool. Her expertise includes 30 years of experience as a high-end hairstylist, professional photographer, entrepreneur, internet business coach, social media marketer, former hair color educator that taught throughout the US, a blogger, affiliate marketer, and podcaster. So, she now wants to know this. How may she help you? Let's count the ways. Her motto is, see it. Plan it. Do it. And now here is Anne-Marie Waltz. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Waltz. So thank you so much for coming back. Today's episode is going to be inspired by a question I asked out there in a group, which was, who told you don't be a hairdresser and to go get a real job? So this episode is dedicated to all my hardworking hairstylists out there, and I thought I'd turn it into an inspirational podcast like I do. And as of today, about four days ago, I asked this question in a group, and thus far, there has been almost 160 hairstylists that have either left a question, a thumbs up, or can identify with this particular question. So I wanted to talk with you a bit about my experience being a hairstylist as well as a marketing coach for hairstylists and in particular independent ones and any hairstylist I have to say that has been that have gone on to be a hairstylist after somebody telling them don't do it go get a real job what I classify as being ultra independent so as my story goes you have to picture it being 1978. Yes, 1978. I was all about eight years old. And I was in a salon one day waiting just as a parent was getting their hair done. And I was looking in a hairstyle book. And I saw a lady's hair braided into a hat. And and, and again, it was a hairstyle book. that is, and, and there was no social media back in 1978, right? So in that moment, I happened to be one of the lucky few as a child knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Well, then you fast forward to somewhere about 1985. I was living in rural Pennsylvania in Somerset County at the time. There was one trade high school for the Tri-County. I'll never forget this day for as long as I live. They could only, you had to take a test and they could only pull so many students from each one of the high schools to attend the vocational school. And at that time, it would have been for the cosmetology program. As the story goes, the date was April 1st. It was April Fool's Day. Can you believe it? When I found out that from my class bully that they said, Hey, Emery, you got picked as the first pick for the cosmetology program. I just thought I'd let you know. And, you know, my answer to them was like, yeah, right. You're just the class bully. You don't like me. I don't believe you. Yada, yada, yada. And, uh, well, it turns out she wasn't lying. And so I was super excited. Can you imagine? Just picture yourself right now 
when there was something in your life that you wanted to have happen, and then the situation presents itself. Bottle that feeling right now. How does that feel? Awesome, right? So I go running home. I'm like, yay! Oh my god! I get to, I get to go! I get to go! But there was a, there was a snag. The cosmetology kit was four hundred dollars, and we lived on six hundred and seventy-five dollars a month for a family of three. We didn't have a car. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a telephone. And for the record, I'm 50 something. And this sounds like a story of somebody that's 102, but that was really my reality back then. And yes, I did walk 20 minutes to go to school in the snow and uphill. Okay. Now you have the picture. Now the worst part of the story is this. When you want something so bad and then you're halfway there to getting it. And then somebody in your life winds up becoming like a Jersey barrier and says, says this to you. Oh, oh no, Mm -mm. you are not going to hairdressing school over my dead body. No hair, no daughter of mine's going to be a gum chewing hairdresser, helping women be vain and haughty in the law in the eyes of God. And that was, that was the answer. And to any of you out there that are religious, it is not to offend you in the least bit. That is my disclaimer, but that was my reality. So in a moment where my dreams crushed, all I wanted to do was be a hairdresser. Now I grew up in low income and the person telling me that didn't even have a job, but they were telling me that I couldn't be a hairdresser, but I better go get a real job. What's a real job? Isn't a job a job if you love what you do and by Friday you make money? Doesn't that constitute a job? Well, there's such thing as a job and then there's such thing as what's called a career. And we can talk about that later. So now fast forward, I'm finally on my own and I still want to be a hairdresser. So what's the next thing I did? I waited an entire year Now I had moved back up to Massachusetts. I had waited an entire year to attend what's called Springfield Community Technical College. So the college actually had a cosmetology program. So for some of you out there that don't think that hairdressing is still a real job, well, I would have had to actually attend college to actually get where I was going with my hairdressing. But again, guess what happened? Oh, brother, some other very unhappy relative thought that they knew better for me than I knew for myself. Now, I was all of 18 at the time. They had been into hairdressing for about approximately eight to 10 years longer than I did. And I took their poor advice. So what I was told then was when I was sharing my excitement, I'm like, yay, oh my God, I finally get to be a hairdresser. Ah, You know, if I couldn't do it when I was a teenager, well, I'm finally on, I finally got off the wait list at the college and I get to be part of the cosmetology program. I'm so excited. And so the relative tells me, a different relative, you, Amory, ha. Yeah, you won't ever stick with it. 
So I'm sharing this with you for a couple reasons. Don't give up. Don't quit and don't listen to poor advice, even if it's somebody close to you, because just because they're related to you doesn't mean they have the best interest for you or they that they even know what they're talking about. So what happened? Well, I took their poor advice. I didn't do the cosmetology program at that attempt. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I should try to get a real job. So I enlisted into the nursing program and I was never one that was very good at math. I can count one, two, three, divide, but you start adding one, two, three with X, Y, Z equals P to the Q of 10 times five in all that pre-algebra. And I just, it's a mental block. So I didn't even last a whole semester and I lost out on a bunch of money and it created more hardship for me because by then I was living out on my own and I had to buy a typewriter that was $600. Now you want to know something that's funny? Now we're in 2023. Yes, 2023. And that was in the 1990s. I still have that typewriter in my cellar. All right. So fast forward again, fast forward again. Now I finally meet my husband and it looked like we were going to get engaged and everybody in his family had what was called that thing, a real job. His parents owned a trophy shop. His sister and her brother-in-law worked at the local hospital. His brothers owned their own business as mechanics and he was a mechanic too. And myself, well, I had a job, but I was working at Fashion Bug and I wasn't a hairstylist yet. So I said to him quickly, I want to go to hairdressing school. And that's what I did. So it took me three attempts, but I didn't stop. So, and then what happened? Well, I put my first 10 years in. Within my first 10 years at, my, at year five, I really did something wild and crazy. I stopped working for the traditional salon establishment way back then. My reason was, is that I'm extremely an independent personality and I didn't like the mismanaged salons that I had been working for. And when I say mismanaged, I'll paint you a picture. I worked for this one and my one uh -huh, and last salon owner who wanted to turn it into a day spa, but it just didn't have the atmosphere to match the fluffy title by any means. For one example, I don't think it's appropriate to keep a cat in a salon, never mind the cat litter box inside the coat closet where you hang your customers' coats. And then the other scenarios were that they play Jerry Springer on the TV. And that's just not relaxing. And there's many, many, many other crazy stories about that salon. Like, for example, I'll give you one more before I move on. There'd be alcohol hidden behind the fridge and, you know, they'd have cheese and wine and a little party every Friday night. And for me, I knew that that went against the state boards and I couldn't look the other way. It just was just not the type of spa atmosphere that I was looking for. So now the year would be 1999. 
And I left that job on May 23rd, 1999. And I even manicured the previous owner's nails because every Saturday that was my job. I had to manicure her whether I wanted to or not. It was just in the job description. I didn't even get paid for it. It was just something you had to do when you worked for somebody at this salon. And I happened to be the recipient of having to do that job. So, but by then I was already newly married and I just wasn't happy. And back then they, there was no such thing as the solo loft type uh, franchises where you can be independent as you can be now. Back then it was frowned upon. So when I went home and I said I wanted to rent a booth because I live in Massachusetts and it's legal. Of course, my husband didn't quite understand, but I said, I'll make it, I'll make it happen. And this is how I'll make it happen. If I was getting paid 50% commission at the time. And my rationale was this, if I lost 50% of my clientele, but 50% of them followed me, well, I was already going to be okay because my pay was going to be about the same because I wasn't going to lose anything if only 50% of them followed me. And so I did. Now back then, oh man, you were just stereotyped within the industry. If you were renting a booth, then you weren't a team player because you either needed to be an employee or you needed to own all the chaos. And I didn't want to own the chaos and I didn't want to be an employee. So I just set out on my own. And then I wound up getting involved with Redkin, the hair color manufacturer. And that was probably the best ride in my life. I learned how to be the best colorist that I know how to be. And actually the colorist I am today. And it, and the root of being a good hairstylist is education. You have to continually go for education. You have to stay hungry for education because if you don't want to be classified as somebody that doesn't have a real job, we already have that stereotype that you got to just set aside to begin with, but to elevate yourself as a hairstylist from just getting like bored, burnt out, maybe your pay gets stuck and stale and you don't know what to do. And then you get caught up in like, Oh, I I've seen enough online where some of you are stressing. You're like, I don't know how to find clients. I need to get a second job. This industry doesn't work. Yes, it does work. It works very well. In fact, you need to stay focused on education. You need to get a coach. And that's what I do. And I can tell you that I've worked in every environment. I've been a salon owner that's tried to train a couple people. I've been an independent who has been a solopreneur for all of my career, just about all of my career. I have been a hair color educator that worked across the country. And then I'm, and then after leaving that job, that was probably the biggest mindset transition because I didn't wake up one morning and go, oh, I'm so smart. I know so much about hair that I'm going to go teach the other stylists. It doesn't work that way. 
if you ever think about getting into education for one of the manufacturers, it's probably harder now to get a job for them than maybe it was when I had started, but somebody else saw something in me and they dragged me into being an educator. And I'll say, thank you, Elizabeth Galvani, <laughs> if you're out there. And she had faith in me and she thought that I should become an educator. And I didn't sign up right away. I did the interview and then I chickened out and I intentionally went home and got pregnant with my daughter. <laughs> True story. And then about a year and a half, two years later, I looked her back up and the opportunity was before me. And I got to work behind the stage at big hair shows. I got to be a demo stage artist. I got to, I had the opportunity to be on main stage with some very, very talented people. And my bulk of my career and how I took, where I took my job was so influenced to become what it is today because I made sure that I was always mentoring with somebody else that knew more than me. And so the question, who told you, don't be a hairdresser, get a real job? Just simply is so misinformed. They have no idea what it takes to have a profession that is already stereotyped. For what reason? I have no idea. If any of you out there know why or who or them or they, that is the committee that decided that it's not a real job, would you please book that person for an interview? Because I'd love to have them on my show. <laughs> not kidding. Um, because hairdressers can make extremely good money. And, um, and I'm here to help any of you hairstylists that are out there that want to like level up what you're doing behind your chair as we speak. Some of the toughest topics that I see out there amongst all of you are, I don't know how to protect my boundaries. Customers are texting me after hours and then you can't seem to not text them back. Then there's the, I don't know how to raise my prices or on some of you, you're stressing out so much. You feel like you need to go get a second job and you don't, you don't need a second job. You need a coach and you need to focus on your education. You need to focus on your craft. You need to focus on your why you got into this. And if somebody is discouraging you and feeding you more crap, like, oh, see, I told you, you shouldn't. Yeah. I know you're going to fail. Just tell them to stop because it's none of their business. Okay. And so is it a real job? Absolutely. And then one other story I'm going to share with you before I hop off today. I was, um, at a point in my life, uh, you know, when you have had some upset growing up, I'll leave that <laughs> lightly. Um, I was at an age where I was newly married and I realized, Oh, wait a minute. I could wind up being a mom someday. I better go talk to somebody. So true story. So I go and talk to uh, a professional um, counselor, okay, for a short time. And ironically, now as I talk about job and career, some people deem some jobs as being more real. So I guess I was going to talk to one of those people that have a real job. And she posed a question to me one day in a session. She goes, Anne-Marie, I know you like being a hairstylist, 
but have you ever thought about doing having and she said it a little bit more professionally than going to get a real job but she said something along the lines of something like maybe what i do she's being extremely tactful and so what i said to her was this are you asking me she said yes i am i said very well and at the time i was in my mid-20s okay so it's probably about now i'm gonna say if i remember right somewhere about 25. i said yeah no thank you and here's why i respect that what you do is that you talk to people and you help them so do i maybe not in the capacity that you do because we have to do things a certain way but i'm there with my clients and they can talk to me and i can at least listen but specifically to your question why i would not choose your profession is this i'm 25. i'd probably go to school for about 14 years 12 to 14 years so then 25 plus say 14 that'd make me 39. at 39 years old i've probably would have put myself in debt probably by about well say 14 years say 15 years let's round it up to 20s just for easy math so if if at if at 25 and i tack on 14 makes me 39 and then tack on 20 years for paying it off that would make me 59 years old which currently is six years older than i currently am as i'm speaking to you so i said so i said to the professional so at the age of 59 if i got it paid off well if i'm supposed to retire at 65 that gives me less than 10 years to make a profit and i don't see that being a very viable option for my life so so i'm going to tell you no thank you thank you for asking me that question and i will remain to be a hairstylist because after all my education's paid for and i have my whole lifetime to make a difference in people's lives while i also make a very good living and that my friends out there i'm gonna shut today's episode down and if you are listening to this and you are not a hairdresser you should consider it and if you're not a hairdresser and you told somebody don't be a hairdresser and get a real job i challenge you to go say you're sorry to them and you owe them an apology <laughs> and for those of you that are my fellow stylists out there if you are stuck in any way shape or form reach out to me i have been specializing not only in high-end makeovers which happens to be hair extensions you know what's involved in that corrective color hair smoothing and absolutely everything that you see on my salon website but i have been in marketing now for 15 years and i'm in our industry i'm not going anywhere i'm here to stay and i'm here to become your coach so message me all right well that's a wrap and as i sign off with every episode stay happy stay healthy and come back often come back to and marie waltz show often and be sure to follow her on social media Thank you, again, and remember this. You truly rock. You can literally do whatever you put your mind to. See it. Plan it. Do it.
Go right now and register on and mariewaltz.com slash register. See you next time.